we have gotten through our two favorite teams' seasonal recaps. Yep. The next step would be to go to divisional recaps. And this week we're going to talk about the Norths. So we got the NFC and the AFC North. Obviously, Chicago and Minnesota, we don't have to talk about all too much. We broke those down in detail. You can find those in the archives of the 53 podcast. We had a special guest, Alex Coles, on with us as well, which was awesome. Great conversations there. Great conversations with Jason. See what the future of the Bears has entailed for us. But now we're going to start with the AFC, go into the NFC. A couple good teams. We had uh, three teams over 10 wins uh, in the AFC, one team over 10 wins in the NFC. So we're going to be talking about those. But Jason, before we get into it, I do have a question for you. Bring it, baby. Uh, And the the talkers in the NFL right now are going to be pretty dull until free agency kind of cracks or at least gets close to cracking. Which is about three weeks from now, two weeks. So, exactly. So my question to you is, um, first, did you see the Cam Newton footage of, uh, of him at this camp? And then what is your reaction to that? Um, as far as just in total, your reaction to what kind of went down? Yes, I saw it. I didn't spend a whole lot of time on it. Uh, my initial reaction was, hmm, wow, well, I guess that's one way to do it uh, from the kids' perspective. I think I think Cam handled it pretty well. Um, and then, I don't know if you've seen this too, I'm sure you did, was uh, the kid actually came out with a formal apology. Uh, wrote that down. I was like, all right, you know, my competitive nature got the best of me. My football got the best of me. It was just talking. wasn't intending. I know it's going to be a step, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I, I feel like some of those conversations happen from time to time um, more than we – would know but it's just kind of caught in the era of everything getting out now right and i'm sure if cam wasn't a free agent we wouldn't have heard about it but that's well sure but that that's what i think i think if he was not a free agent or they had a little bit better season we probably wouldn't heard about it oh yeah exactly and i agree i think there is a there especially in those summer camps or whatever kind of camp you would consider that there is a, a a fun idea of like joking around with a professional yeah, because light. You it's can light. give them shit knowing that, like, they're just that good. But right. when Cam three or four times asked the kid, hey, man, like, maybe you watch your words. Like, you're still talking to a millionaire here. Like, Super Bowl or an MVP. Like, yeah. hey, put some respect on my name. Like, it's cool to talk shit about me on Twitter, but y- this is me. You want to come talk to me in person? I'm right here. Right. Let's talk about it. Because uh, my resume is pretty long, buddy. And um, you can you can talk shit all you want, but where's that going to get you? You know what you could do is shut up and listen. Maybe you could be the first pick overall. Maybe you could be a Heisman winner. Maybe you could be a starting quarterback in the fucking Super Bowl. Hell yeah! So, that's how I felt about it. I, I I I'm not mad at the kid. Obviously, it, it's fun to joke around. You just went a little too far. Right. Um, and it's not like I don't think you hurt Cam's feelings or anything. It's just like understanding the moment and being like. It's fun to joke now, but hey, let's get serious and learn something from somebody who knows a lot about the game. Uh, And he has every accolade that that kid eventually probably wants. So maybe we just shut up and listen sometimes. It's the world we're in, man. But uh, I think that was a really good uh, example and a good icebreaker. So good good on you for bringing that one up. (laughs) 
I try. I mean, I, we can't talk about Deshaun Watson every single week. But we're going to. Yeah, I know. Deshaun Watson, uh, latest I heard, he's coming to Minnesota. In a For three- Kirk, three first round. Well, it's going to be that carousel. It's going to be Kirk and Seattle and, like, the Niners and them or something like that or something close to that. And it's going to be like – Yeah. I've seen – I saw seven for one. So, it's going to take a combination of players and picks, seven of them, whatever those are, firsts, seconds, starters. Like, what? The, ridiculous. You know? Yeah, the most ridiculous one I've seen that actually circulated on Twitter and wasn't even just, like, one person's take sure. was a three-team trade. Kirk goes to um, the Niners. Jimmy Garoppolo goes to uh, Houston. Houston. We get Watson, and we give the Texans, like, two first, a second, and a third. And I was like, you guys are ridiculous. Like, that sounds cool, and you can pull it off in your Madden franchise, but that's not how the world works. If it did, great. Sign me up. You cannot pull that off in your Madden franchise. I haven't tried that one specifically, but I tried to trade Russell Wilson and, you know, this age, Russell Wilson, for Kyler Murray. I gave Russell Wilson a first for Kyler Murray, and it would not accept. It was still on low red. So I guarantee you that trade is not going through on that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can bridge the gap with three team trades uh, no. in Madden. So, and to be honest, I don't even. I couldn't even tell you the last time an NFL three team trade has happened. Is that a thing? It, it is an uh, NBA, MLB for once sure. Once a year in basketball, and right. it's way easier to do that type of stuff. So I, yeah, I can't. Couldn't even. Anyway, yeah, so there's your Deshaun Watson bit for this episode. Come get some yeah. more next week. <laughs> yeah, and if you if you did tune into the Vikings uh, breakdown, Alex Coles and I finished with a great question, and I'll pose to Jason here before we get into it because I think I'm just going to talk about it every episode until the season starts. But the Minnesota Vikings have boring backup quarterbacks ever since forever. Always had the boring guy. The guy who likes to hold the freaking pen and paper, right? <laughs> Gardner Minshew would look good in purple and gold. Let's be honest. Hell yeah. So Because he sure would beat the hell out of, was it, Mannion and Hill. You guys had, almost had Heineke, and yeah, it didn't, it didn't. We but, uh, him, yeah, I, I think Minshew, if it was going to get that, you know, sign yourself to a two, three, four million dollar one-year deal, yeah, I would. I, I think he would fit in well there. I think he's got a lot of similarities to Kirk, too, so they wouldn't have to get too cute with uh, stylistic changes if Kirk were to go down or need a breather or anything like that. So I like that point. I don't know if we talk about every week, but I feel like Minshew Mania would be more embraced here. I don't know how he's going to do with Daisy Dukes and a mullet, but that kind of free-spirited thing will be well embraced in Minnesota, in my opinion. Yeah, man. I think he's a locker room guy, too. Bring him in. Bring some uh, some energy back into this locker room that desperately needs it after a seven and nine season. But we'll get to the Vikings here. We're going to talk shortly on our two teams because you have a whole hour on the Vikings. You got like forty minutes on the Bears yep. to go back and listen to if you haven't listened to already. But we're going to start uh, from the worst team in the division to the best team in the division. So we will start with the growing Cincinnati Bengals, who finished the season four and eleven. Uh, right now, obviously, their mold would be to build around Joe Burrow. Yeah. And knowing that this season was his first as a rookie, how did he pan out in the games that he played? What do you see moving forward with the remainder of his rookie contract, at least? Sure. Well, I, obviously, he played well. Uh, learning not only how to play in the NFL, but how to win in the NFL was kind of his first step there, and obviously went down. 
to me, I think is going to have some more upside than I think people are thinking. I don't think they're going to be a great team, but they do have a decent core. I mean, you have Mixon, you've got Uzama, the tight end that he likes, and then the other one's Simple or Sample. Sample. And then you've got, you've Sample, got Boyd and T. Higgins. I mean, you have places to throw the ball. Now, whether they block and kick and get the ball back, I don't know. But that's something there. I, I think there's enough to be excited about. I don't think they have to worry about being – you know, three or four wins for the next five years. I think they're going to find their way to the middle of the pack. They might end up with like that, I don't know, I don't, it's cliche to say Marvin Lewis, but, you know, they could end up, you know, just be the epitome of a one-and-done team for a bit until they make some more drastic changes. I think that's the potential they have right now. I mean, am I far off base here? What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the struggle for the Bengals is that they're, they're, their franchise is so poorly run that they don't even have good facilities for their players. Like multiple players have said this. They don't even have an indoor facility for them to practice in. It's messed up. I think someone up. said the worst cafeteria in the league too. <laughs> so the, the struggle is that they are not getting top tier free agents to come to them. So even if Joe Burrow shows up in his second year, third year MVP candidate by fourth, fifth year, are they going to be attracting these big free agents to come? They do have the money because their roster is – pretty low on talent at least recognizable talent right so money is obviously a drawing factor but outside of that that's really all you got so you got a quarterback that you can build around a, a young coach which um jury's still out i think zach taylor is cool but jury's still out on that uh it, and then a pretty terrible franchise so I feel bad that joe burrow's in this position but until something changes i i don't see much hope here uh well i can sadly. see that especially on the fact that you got 11 and 5 11 and 5 and 12 and 4 for the next well baltimore and cleveland at least have at least a window of a couple of years here at least pittsburgh will get into that so it's gonna be it's gonna be probably the black and blue division right yeah man i mean you, you do feel bad for joe burrow going against these three teams i mean three 10 win teams is nuts he he did beat the steeler or I don't even think he was the quarterback, but they did beat the Steelers later in the year. Uh, they beat the Tennessee Titans in a big game, uh, yep. middle of the year. Had a couple back and forth games, ended up losing to the Colts, but that was a really kind of like come to the NFL moment for Joe Burrow when he goes up 24-0 or 21-0, ends up losing to the Colts. I think that builds him into a stronger quarterback, a stronger leader for the team. Sure. Uh, going through a, a game like that, uh, going into the next year, into his second year, but uh it's all about joe burrow here uh i i think one of the things that we were trying to come up with with each one of these teams is a slogan or something that the fans would say so is that what it is here do you have something more than that that's all it is right now it's, a, it's perfectly sum up what we were saying the vibe and if i'm a cincinnati cincinnatiite i'm just saying at least we have joe burrow yeah, man. And and that's fine. I mean, we've seen teams turn it around. The Bills, uh, granted, Joe Burrow has a much higher name than Josh Allen, but the Bills, when they drafted Josh Allen, were shit. Yeah. Had a decent defense. And uh, and now look at him, you know, four years later. So that could happen. We've seen that happen, a whole franchise build and grow around a quarterback. So there is optimism here. But the third team in the league – or third team in the NFC, AFC North – Jesus, criminy, excuse me. The third team in the NFC North – was a playoff team, Jason. Yes, Cleveland Browns were 11-5. and five. Baker Mayfield played all 16 games. Nick Chubb did not. He only played 12. 
but thankfully they have Kareem Hunt as well as their backup. That one-two punch is probably the best in the league. Uh, I really like what this team is. I think they're super balanced. I think they're fun to watch. Odell Beckham was out for a measurable amount of time, which definitely hurt their production. Give me some uh, thoughts on Cleveland this year. You know, I'm not on the bandwagon. I love that they're running the ball, though, the way that they are. I'm interested to see how Odell does. But my biggest thing, and I'm going to skip right to the phrase here, is I'm worried that this team is going to be the AFC's version of the Cowboys. Oh, man, this is our year now. We're there. We've got everything. We're just one piece away. We got robbed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think I think it's going to be that, not not America's team, but it's going to be this is our year. I think that's going to be the embodiment of that because what else do they have to look forward to? They finally get the taste of some winning, and now they think they can do it all the time. Yeah, I agree, and I'm going to take your your slogan and run with it here for a little bit. But the Cowboys, for how long of saying Des caught it, like Des caught it, and I agree with them. Des yeah, caught it. I do too. But now look, the Browns are going to build off this narrative as well that that controversial play against the Kansas city chiefs. He's diving for the end zone, right? Ball gets knocked out by Sorensen. It's a turnover. A lot of people are saying, Hey, that was an illegal hit, hit to the head, yada, yada play shouldn't have happened. Should have been a touchdown. Next thing you know, the chiefs win the game and they move on to the super bowl. Uh, but they did beat the Steelers in a somewhat convincing fashion, depending on how you look at the game. If you watch the first half, at least, and they played really well against the chiefs. So I see their optimism here. I, I think you got to ride behind your guy, Baker Mayfield. He's hot and cold, but when he's hot, he's hot. And I think he's a motivational guy for this team. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're there. I, I would be excited. I'm not going to be getting excited to watch him on primetime games, but I, I'll watch a Cleveland game a little bit more this year, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep going back to that. It was either Sunday night or Monday night game against the Ravens. They ended up losing that oh. game. That Baker had to score twice to to put pressure back on Lamar. Lamar went out of the game for a little bit, but yeah, Baker did it. Baker forced Lamar to beat him, and I thought that was super cool. I haven't seen that from Baker, uh, at least in those moments. So I that made me become a fan again of a guy that I thought might have just fizzled out. But was Kevin Stefanski there, I think, really motivating Baker and giving him the confidence to be who he is and play how he wants? Uh, I'm, I'm behind these guys. I think Stefanski, another young coach, uh, can, can really motivate these guys to be the division leaders next year. I think it's a possibility. You know, for that much of a turnaround in year one, it's possible, for sure. So what are your thoughts about – the uh, next team, Baltimore, we, we alluded to that, how it was exciting to see them in this primetime game. A little bit of, you know, you got some coaching staff changes. You know, it's always, oh, we're, we're one piece away. Lamar this, Lamar that, Madden cover. A lot going for them into this year. I know you were a favorite of them into this year. I was. Talk to me about what you saw. Obviously, they made it to the playoffs. But really, what did you see along the way? In, yeah. You know, so, the Ravens really played football, not only because they run their quarterback – uh, as much as they do, but they play football different than 31 other teams in the NFL. They play to win the clock and they play to grind that clock out and beat you that way strategically. They don't play the game to score more points than you. They play the game to score enough and then stop you from scoring. And Harbaugh's always been able to kind of do that with the, with the defense he has. 
The unfortunate part is when you run into teams in the playoffs and now you're playing against good defenses, you're understanding that 21 points doesn't cut it. Nope. But you're winning games like that. Uh, and that's where it's kind of getting hung up. I, I know they average 30 points a game, but then you look at the when they're playing good defenses, yada, yada. And, and so the really only struggle here is the only times we lose are when we're not scoring on offense. We're not getting beat on defense. We're the second-ranked defense. So what do we need to really come over the hump? And what we've learned to find out is that they need another weapon. They need another wide receiver to take pressure off Lamar's run game. And so if I'm a fan, I'm sitting back and saying, hey, man, we're, we're that one dynamic piece away. We, we, we brought in Des Bryant, which – he fit in sparingly. Uh, Marquise Brown is not a number one guy that we had hoped. Mark yeah. Andrews, uh, a lot more pressure on him to succeed. Hayden Hurst had left. Mark Andrews saw a lot of coverage, didn't have the season like he had the year prior. And I think that's the one piece they're missing. This defense has everything you want. This offense, the line, Yonder retires, but it's pretty damn good. We just need one more piece, and I, and I think we're there. Yeah, I think it's just balancing the field. Like you mentioned, they, you know, they, they got to clog the middle for the run game. They know Lamar likes to throw in the middle to the tight end, like you're saying, those deep seams. So if they can get – I won't say I won't say Allen Robinson. If they get somebody like that, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think they've got a better chance. Um, their passing game coordinator is now in Houston. So um, to see – you know, maybe it's just a change schematically that helps. Uh, because I remember even last season, not this past one, but the one prior – when they were blowing some teams out, you had you had taken advantage of some teams stretching the field. You know, Lamar was new, but he was, you know, we had that five touchdown throwing game. He had a couple games like that. So I think the potential is still there. I don't think we re resign the offense to just saying it is what it is. I think they can evolve. I think that's the biggest thing for Harbaugh. He has shown he's able to evolve with his rosters. To go from Flacco to this is, you know, that's a 180. So uh, a lot of promise. I think they're going to be tops next year, at least. In, they'll be in the playoffs I'm sure yeah I mean and to talk some good about them and it's not like we were talking bad about them at all I mean they're they're a good team but right. they did win a playoff game it was Lamar's first win he he was 0-2 prior to that so you go 0-3 and, and then there's a huge question mark on your head but uh he beats the team that kicked him out of the playoffs last year in the Tennessee Titans so that was a huge win um and then uh another thing I want to say is halfway through the season they were not in the playoff spot at all they started off really kind of damp I think right. they ended up winning five games in a row to make the playoffs so uh granted they weren't the greatest teams in the world but they they had to beat the Cowboys Browns Jags Giants and Bengals to finally get that wild card spot in the playoffs so when it came crunch time Lamar put his big boy pants on and won won some games late so I, I still believe in this team, still very young at the quarterback position where it all matters. J.K. Dobbins in the backfield, I think, is going to be an absolute stud in this, in this, uh, in this NFL. He's going to get more carries going into next year. He's had some kind of fumble problems that Harbaugh has been scared about. Right. They'll work it out in the offseason. He's going to be a number one guy. Yeah, he trusted him late. You see the clips of Coach saying, thanks for – or the, the, the kid saying, trust me, trust me. You know, you talk about that, too, on uh, the Pat McAfee show. It was cool to see that interview. So, yeah, it's uh, I think they're probably the most complete team of the division. So, speaking of that, I got a question for you. Yeah. 
Pittsburgh went twelve and four. They did. Your was it two three years ago? Three years ago now? A couple two three years ago. Three two three years two years. Um, do you was was Le'Veon the whole deal here? Should they just have signed him and kept the whole thing together? Now they've gone from the most explosive offense to the most hollow 12 and four we've ever seen and no rushing yards and yada, yada. And then after that, then, you know, AB goes nuts. And after that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's you know, hurt again. And where are they at? Who would you rather have? All those questions. What's going on in Pittsburgh? You know, this is uh, another funny thing too, is that the Steelers have a, an offense that no other uh, no other team in the NFL runs. So in the same division, you have two teams that are so different than everybody else in the league. It's kind of cool to see. Right. And what I mean by that is Ben Roethlisberger is basically just doing extended handoffs all game. Right. Like they, they are so consistent at throwing bubble screens, quick slants. They, they run all these within five yards of the line of scrimmage behind in front of it and behind it. They run all these different route combos that are just bizarre, but it works. It's but like watching they, the Niners without the creativity. Yeah. And then again, it, it, it shows when, when you can stop that and you can make tackles, it's hard for them to move the ball because they can't run because right. they weren't doing it all year. They were having success just dumping the ball off to their athletic wide receivers, then breaking tackles and making plays and then hitting over the top when your defense comes in. So, right. yeah, I – is it a recipe for success? Um, it's yet to be seen. It's, it's hard to – it's never been done before this way. And so that's why it looks so shallow and why people discredit it. But, I mean, they won 12 games doing it. Uh, but can they, can they sustain it and make it more viable if maybe they get a run game with this idea? Possibly. But what they did have, Jason, positively, yep. they had three wide receivers over 800 yards. So the Which nice part about this team is that not only the short passing game did work for them, um, the, it, it worked with their variety as well. Sure. I think the defense is probably the most played out conversation of the year. I mean, it's cool to see TJ Watt going off. Um, obviously, they could have been more if Dupree stayed healthy. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick had some good plays. Um you hear about Tuitt and Hayward and, you know, their defensive line. I mean, they're, they're the, they're tops defense for a reason. I mean, you've got young, talented speed, lots of pressure on the quarterback. I mean, that's, that's exactly everything a de- good defense it is. So uh, without beating the drum of the same narrative all the time, um, I think they've only got one real big decision because they extended their defensive line. They just need to figure out what they're doing with Bud Dupree coming off that injury. Yep. Um, but man, a front seven makes for a very good defense. I mean, you see the same type of thing in Washington. You get pressure, you stop the run, you make a team one-dimensional, and it's a lot easier to control the game that way. So that's I think they've still got to look, that to look forward to next year. It's, you know, do they look more and more like the Bears every year, every week? You know, great defense, putting them in spots to win, offense unpredictable, leaning on the defense. And, you know, definitely I made the comment earlier in the year, it definitely could be that of a situation especially if Ben leaves and they have down wide receivers don't run the ball etc yeah well I'm going to pose this question to you before we move on to the NFC North sure but as as I see it if I was a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers my mantra going into 2021 season is one last ride 
this is it. This is this is Ben Roethlisberger's last chance. I'm 100% in on Big Ben. He's been our guy for 16, 17 years. We've gone to Super Bowls. Let's give him one last ride. 100% of our efforts are behind him. Whatever happens, happens, but this is it. Is that is that the same motivation or feelings that you have for this team, or do you think they should dump him now and move on with their franchise? I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I think this is it for Ben, and I think there's going to need to be some scheming tweaks for that offense if they're going to do it because Ben's the best when he's throwing the ball down the field. He's one of the best deep balls, and you're just not using him. My concern, I don't know if that's going to be Tomlin's mindset. Tomlin is an everyman kind of guy. He is a grinder. He is a just, well, even this year, he's like, I don't care if we've got 10 guys out. I don't care if we've got no practice. I don't care if I play two games in a row. We're going to be there and we're going to be ready to play. So yeah. I don't know if that, if, if our philosophy matches what he's going to think of what we see for the team. I think that's going to be one of the only things going to way how they attack the off season, obviously getting more weapons and getting Ben resigned, restructured and all that. So good question. No, yeah, I think that's fair. And it, it really does come down to Tomlin and what he wants to do with this team. But what we saw when Ben Rosper got hurt the year prior, they almost made the playoffs without him. So With the Duck Devlin and uh, Mason Rudolph. Mr. Yeah, so, so they're they're good enough to play without a Ben Roethlisberger-style quarterback. So if they did get somebody, obviously Wentz is already gone, but somebody else sitting in that same type of area. It's magic. Fit, oh, I was going to bring that up. Do Fitz it. Magic would be a perfect guy to come to the Steelers. If that's, a, if that's a possibility. We'll see what happens. I mean, uh, anything's a possibility. I, I'm leaning on Ben Roethlisberger one last ride. I'm excited to see it. I'd love to see him win another playoff game uh, before he rides off into the sunset. Sure. So I think that's a good recap of the AFC North. What do you think about, as we go into the NFC North, what do you think about the 5-11 and 11 Detroit home makeover they got going on down there? Out with Patricia, in with Campbell. Do you think all this rah-rah, you know, kick-ass, tough-as-nails attitude and a new quarterback are really going to turn it around? No, Jason, straight up. I, and I'll, I'll tell you what. The Dan Campbell way of coaching is so hard to succeed in the NFL. It's, it's more of a college way of coaching because – you can motivate people with that stuff in the NFL. These guys are already motivated and what you're doing is distracting them from being progressive is what I right. think you need to teach your guys X's and O's. You don't need to teach them to get hyped. They learn, they've learned how to get hyped early. These are the best players on their high school teams, probably the best players on their college teams. They don't need to learn how to get hyped. They need to learn where to line up. They need to learn how to play fast. So, automatically, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the motivational coach uh, for that reason. I'm more of an X's and O's coach. Yeah. Um, and motivation, obviously, mixed in. It's very important. But this is a team that they need to get motivated by production. And I don't think he's the guy for the job. And their roster is just not even close to a team that could see any type of uptick this coming year. Yeah, I'm with you on that point. I'm going to take it a little bit of a different angle. I agree with the X's and O's versus a motivational coach 100%. What I think this is, and I'm, I'm just I'm making up my own theory here, what I think this is is they went to Campbell and was like, all right, you need to come in here and be the wrecking ball and change the culture. 
And on that, I think he's going to be able to do that. Just, you know, kick ass, accountability. You know, you got to overcome obstacles. 100%, that's what Detroit needs as a city, as a team, et cetera. But I think there's like an, an unstated clause in there that's like, all right, we know you're not going to get us to the Super Bowl. We know you're, you're probably not going to get us to the playoffs, if at all. But you're going to be the guy to get us from four or five wins to 500, to have a base, and something that we can build off for the next guy when inevitably we part with you. <laughs> hey, you know? that's fine. He's like, the stopgap. It's going to get him his shot because he's not even the. He's not want. even the. He's right? not the full time solve. Yeah, I mean that's. No, but like who? Nobody else wants this job, so they probably like look. We know nobody wants this job. You want a job? Come work for us. Make it doable. We won't forget you. But then in five years, when they're eight and eight, got a couple of picks and a couple of young guys, suddenly it's more desirable because you know Aaron Rodgers is gone. And the Minnesota Vikings still suck, and it's only hey. to beat the Bears. Yeah, man. I mean, of course. I think looking at it from a bird's eye view, yeah, you're going in year one, year two, year three, and the guys that you have to build around are Jared Goff, who is the least hype guy. <laughs> like <laughs> him and Dan Campbell seem like polar opposites. Yep. Uh, DeAndre Swift, who I think is promising, but really falled in big, uh, fell in big moments this year. Um, Adrian Peterson, who's a step out the door. Uh, Kenny Galladay, who's all the way out of the door. Uh, same with their guy who led, led the team in uh, receiving yards, Marvin Jones. So offensively, nothing. Defensively, you draft the Ohio State corner. You got a couple Ooh. old New England players on your team. That's right. really about it. What are you thinking right now? All right, you're you're a uh, Motor City native. You've been you're you're 30 years old. You've watched 29 years worth of football, and you've seen some shit. <laughs> okay, Dan sure. Campbell, 2021 season. Jared Goff under center. What's your what's your what's your line? What are you thinking? What's your motto? It ain't good, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's a it. My motto's uh, yeah, it's cool. New looks, no hope. Oh, that's deep. Yeah, new looks, no hope, man. It, it's going to look cool because we got a new quarterback and we get two new wide receivers and we got this new shiny running back. Still no hope. Uh, and you hit it on the head. This is the hard, hard division to go from the bottom to the top. I mean, Green Bay is a stalwart at the top of this division until Aaron Rodgers decides to hang it up. Chicago's sitting right there. They're always a tough out. Minnesota's a tough out. And Detroit has never been able to run the gambit of those three teams. So that's six hard games in your schedule already. Even uh, with Megatron. So it, it's, a, it's a super uphill battle, man. Super uphill battle. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. That's why teams stay bad because they, they just don't know how to dig themselves out of this kind of trench that they made for themselves. Sure. I, I'm, I'm with you pretty much every lockstep point there. So. Let's go to the 7-9 Minnesota Vikings. And I want to take lead on this one because you got such a great interview, you and Al, not interview, but just, you know, conversation-style episode there. What was – before you tell me about your thoughts on the team, you're not going to go too much into it because everybody else had a chance to listen. What was one of the best things you heard Al say during your conversation? Well, you know Al. Al's very positive. Very optimistic, absolutely. Very optimistic. And what I loved about what Al had to say was his outlook on 2021 
and specifically the defense because yep. our defense was the worst in the Zimmer, Zimmer era. We've only had one worst defense in my lifetime. Um, that was a couple years back right after Favre. Uh, but what he continued to hammer home is that we get our best pass rusher back. We get Michael Pierce, the juggernaut, who didn't yep. play for us but is, was a dominant force uh, before coming here. Uh, Eric Kendricks is going to be healthy again. Anthony Barr missed 15 games. He's going to be back. Question mark again uh, with Anthony Harris, of course. I think he's going to be gone, but Harrison Smith will be back there. Now we have three corners that just finished their first year in the NFL. They have confidence, and now we're going to be able to play. And he was able to hammer that home for me and make me feel good about this team again on the defensive side of the ball, which I'm still a little wary. Um, but I was really liking how he kind of put that all together, made it pretty poignant. And we're going to draft a guy at 14. On defense, you think? That's right. There you go. Yeah, my, my biggest takeaway was exactly that. I, I, you know, good points are heard by all, right? It was, it was just solidifying the front seven. You're going to get Daniil back, who he's going to be top five, I'm sure, in sacks as he was like two years ago. And then getting your linebackers back, I mean, those are some of the holes that, if not filled, it makes your corners work harder, and that's a tough spot for young guys. So I think – I think you're right on. I don't think you need Anthony Harris back, um, especially not to pay him that much. He was a great turnover machine two seasons ago, but, uh, you know, secondary is starting to get old while the safeties were. So we'll see how that goes too. So I think that was some, uh, some good recap by you. I'm right on there with your steps there. Um, your final thoughts for the Vikings this season. We talked a lot about Dalvin and, and the receivers and that, but, you know, if you had one growing point, and one goal what is it yeah man my my thing my personal thing in 2021 is in kirk we trust sure i i am 100 percent behind kirk cousins going into 2021 i think i am probably on the outside looking in i think most vikings fans feel the opposite but what they fail to realize is that kirk set uh a career high in touchdowns, in completion percentage, uh, almost in yardage. He had one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. And this is an NFL that has a Patrick Mahomes, has a Tyree Kill. And we oh, had yeah. one of the most explosive offenses. It's exciting. Um, so in Kirk, we trust. Let's ride these guys on offense uh, to a couple more wins. We need to be more confident in our offense and let them win games instead of just kind of coast by games. We lost a lot of games in the third quarter, I think because we were complacent. We got we to gotta attack more. So in Kirk, we trust. Let's let them throw the ball. Hey, I appreciate that. That's the place where the Bears struggled too, big time in third quarter, which was the most deflating to me because as you see, losing the third quarter just means your team's not making any or any good uh, halftime adjustments. It's like, what the fuck are you doing all halftime? Right. Well, let's get into the Bears then, Jace. We did a we did a podcast last week about the Bears. You're pretty negative, Nancy, about your hometown team, um, but yeah. I'm not going to let you get negative here. We're only going to talk positive, so you can talk positive about the year prior and whatever you're looking forward to in 2021. For sure. I mean, I think the positive thing is my slogan was "Run the damn ball," and that was probably half of the whole episode. Because they found an identity with a lot of guys hurt on the offensive line, and they, they found what worked. 
and I think they can carry that through. Um, they got some young guys, you know, Komet we like, Jalen Johnson we like. Um, some of these depth guys are, are doing well. Darnell Mooney, obviously. Um, so I think there's some spots to work with. Roquan coming on hard. That's a great centerpiece there. Um, Khalil Mack just turned 30, I think, yesterday. So it's crazy to think that he's already 30 years old. Right. I mean, he's been doing it for forever, but at the same time you watch him play, he's still got it, you know. Um, you know, going – this season is what it was. You've heard my rant. You've heard my, my talks on it. Going into the offseason, I think they have one goal in mind is to do the right thing for the franchise. I'm still one of the ones that really believes that Pace and Nagy are on the way out regardless of what they do this year. But uh, they need to get the quarterback position right. And to me, uh, I think it's irresponsible to go all in on a guy if it doesn't work and then you, the next regime is going to be strung to them. Or yeah. drafting a guy that the next regime doesn't want. So, you know what I mean? I, I think you go get a Cam Newton or a Fitzgerald, you know, or Fitz Magic here uh, to see what you got. You know, they've got proven talent. You don't have to teach him how to play football, uh, but you also have a lot of long term commitments while you're still kind of reevaluating re the back end of this roster. Because the defense is going to get old. And, you know, it, it's just, is it going to be time? You got to think about all these things, not just next season. Because I think our next season window is closing very rapidly, if not already. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I feel like you're exactly right. And throughout this whole year, we've been talking bears. And I think an overarching theme week by week from you is finding an identity. Yep. And knowing that a majority of teams in the NFL, their identity is their quarterback. And however their quarterback plays brings their team to where they are. The bears of identity has always been defense. Uh, right. Now we're now we're seeing a continued em emphasis on the run game in the second half of the season, but going into next year, it'd be nice to know who your quarterback's going to be, and at least build around that. So I, I feel you there. Yeah. So not, I hope that wasn't too Debbie Downer. I just given the reels, and I think if you're going to do it right, you got to do it the right way from the start. Don't play no games and go after it. All right. Talking about not playing any games and going after it. Last team we're going to talk about tonight is the Green Bay Packers. They went 13-3. and three. Aaron Rodgers, after we kind of shit on him yeah. in the offseason and said that this is Aaron Jones's team and yep. no longer Aaron Rodgers' team. Oops. And then he wins an MVP. And he loses three games in the regular season, one in overtime, one to the Vikings, and one to Tampa Bay. Goes in the playoffs. Beats a banged-up Rams team. Actually, not even really that convincingly. Right. Tampa comes to play in Lambeau, and they lose again. So, if you had to wrap the Packers season up in a bow and give it to us, what would it be? Jordan Love who? Jordan Love who? My God. You don't like Jordan Love, huh? No, didn't need him this year. He's the future. <laughs> so that's, but that was the identity of this year. Fuck it. Everybody, you know, we shat on him. You know, they knew they were good. They don't need to hear it from anybody else. You only need one good receiver, you know. Who's this kid? No, I still got it. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's Rodgers is, you can't even say it's a comeback or a renaissance. It's like, quit shitting on me. Here it is. Yeah, I mean, he had a super quotable uh, saying yeah. on the Pat McAfee podcast when he's like, I put up 
my average number, my average season numbers are better, are some people's career numbers. It's like, yeah, yeah you talk your shit. That's good for you, man. Like, you're right. You are that fucking good. When you have an average season for yourself, it's still way above av- anybody else's average season. So, that's crazy. And I you know, agree. You, you get some healthier guys back, you get uh, Bakhtiari back, and you get some of that offensive line figured out again. And again, uh, until he proves us wrong, I mean, expect the same stuff next year, I would assume, right? Yeah, man. I I don't see this team slowing down. Their defense is going to stay just as good. Their offense is only going to get better. Well, it depends. They got to keep Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams, even though A.J. Dillon proved in very limited snaps that he could be a pretty decent running back. Right. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are both free agents and I think are both great running backs. So you can't lose both of them. I think you keep one, hopefully. Tag one at least. And then you then you build from there. This team is definitely back with a vengeance. I think it was it was Green Bay's season to lose this year, man. I really thought they were the team to go all the way, but certain guy named Tom Brady had to come into the NFC and fuck it all up for Aaron Rodgers. Fucking Tom Brady. Well, it'll be another gut-wrenching season. We're going to be talking nice things about Green Bay again. It would seem in this 2021 season. Yeah, I don't think it's going to end anytime soon, man. I know, right? Well, because he's what? What is he, 38? He's engaged now. Getting married to a a 20-some-year-old. She's 29. It's not that bad. It was eight or ten years, wasn't it? Eight years. That's not terrible. You ever thought I'd marry a guy who throws a ball for a living? Oh, you watched the interview, huh? No, my wife told me about it yesterday. Yeah. Um, it, it, Rogers is 37. That's what it is. Yeah, and she's 29. Well, she's kind of cute. All right. Kind of cute. She's Shailene Woodley, man. She, she saved Chicago from the depths. See, now that's another thing. Just let the fucking thing burn and start over. Not going to lie. You watch that Divergent series? the rest of it. Huh? You watch that Divergent series? Yeah, I like the first one. Second one was kind of meh. I was waiting for the third one, but now that there isn't a third one, I kind of forgot about it. There is a third one. No way. Oh, shit. Okay, well, then I have to go watch the third one then. Yeah, man. Maybe next week this will be a Shailene Woodley podcast. What? Uh, well, actually, my, my wife is out of town, so I can catch up on my TV now. What's the third one called? Insurgent, maybe. Insurgent series. Yeah, man, that's based in Chicago. So it's Divergent in 2014, Insurgent in 2015, uh, and that's the one with the hair. She cut her hair off. Yep. And the other one is, the last one is, the. what's it called? Allegiant? Allegiant, Part yeah. Part one, and that was in 2016. But... I don't know if there's any notes on a part two. Is it coming out? Given remarks from 2018. I literally just watched this. I don't remember how it ends. We'll never see the light of day. Part two will never see the light of day. Ascendant will never be made. It's a bummer for Longtime's fans, but it came down to a poor decision from the studio. Ah, man. Oh. Well, now I don't know if I can watch it because, oh, but there's Jeff Daniels, isn't it? forgot about that yeah oh dude i remember how that shit ends now yeah i don't know the <laughs> watch the first one 
That's good enough. The first I one's good, the first man. One. I had the second one. Miles Teller's good in it. Oh, yeah. Who's that dude? The guy I just want to punch in the face. And they play the capture the flag game in the second one, and she falls in love with the little master guy, and then they kiss the one and make with up. like the, the rundown amusement park. Yep. And they're like, hey. why is your name four? Oh, because I'm scared of four things or some shit. Yeah, I don't remember that. And then it was like that was literally six years ago. I do not recall. He uh he's taking over the world because they break out. They break out and meet these other people a part of different factions. Speaking of four, anyway. you know what they should have talked they should have made another one of? I am number four. Didn't watch it. I like that show. It was it was all about, you know, powers and all that shit. And I think the main character was one of the guys from from your uh your Hunger Games, the the jacked blonde guy. Oh, yeah. Hunger but they Games, never right. uh they never brought it back. 2011. Jason, I'm going to ask you one more question before you go off on a tangent on I am number 4. You see my movie critic coming out? Yeah, hit me. What's up? I know. Well, the movie podcast might break off. Who knows? Hell yeah. What is the division we should do next? Well, Let's go around the clock. I think we go north. Let's go counterclockwise. Let's go west. All right. I mean, west. West. Oh. All right, west. West is a fun one because in the NFC, we have San Francisco had a down year. Arizona, who came out really hot and then fluttered. Rams won a game in the playoffs. They got a new quarterback. Seahawks, when it wasn't not fun to talk about the Seahawks. Right. On the other side, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, back-to-back Super Bowl contenders. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders went 8-8. Eight eight. They're still building up under Gruden. Chargers, man. Chargers are exciting. I think they're the 53's team going into 2021. And then the Denver Broncos, which, I don't know, man. I think I'm giving up on uh, the Drew Locke experience. But yeah, because they're getting the shot because <laughs> they're getting the show. Mile high to Sean, baby. Oh, yeah. So, I, dude, I think that was fun today. I enjoyed talking about the North, going both sides on it. I think um, I think we had some good points our viewers liked. So, got any questions, comments, concerns, put it in the comments. Uh, always love feedback on these types of things. Um, yeah, we'll keep it rolling. That's about it, man, for the 53. My name is Luke. This is Jason signing off.